0: The podcast home of all things
1: Southern, spooky,
0: or just Just alternative, alternative, and even semi-historical. Sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) This is Carolina Girl Heather.
1: And this is Florida Man Tony. As
0: always, we invite you to join our Facebook page and feel free to comment. Yep. We're also on Instagram and are working on our Patreon. Yep. And please leave a few stars on your podcast platform. Which we would totally enjoy absolutely we yep. love stars so we've mentioned it before we would like to note that the carolina renaissance festival opens october 1st and runs weekends through november 2nd indeed it does tony and i both perform there which is why we're bringing it up yep. <laughs> so it's a huge influence on us and the podcast and we talk about it because we're in it Yep. I joined back in 1999. He's been in it for about three years. Yeah, but but I
1: started in 2007. True. Had to leave due to medical issues, but came back.
0: And several of the people we'll be talking to over the next couple of weeks are people we know from the fair. Yeah. Not all of them, but most of them. So if you're local to North Carolina or even close, people do come from as far away as Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, please check out the festival. It's in Huntersville, a little north of Charlotte. There are multiple themed weekends, Celtic music, Brewfest, Halloween, Pirates, Christmas, um, Time Traveler's Sci-Fi Weekend. Time Traveler's Sci-Fi
1: Weekend. That's one of my favorites. We call it Doctor Who Bingo. Didn't we used to have a DeLorean out front? We did, along with a TARDIS. A TARDIS. Awesome. The
0: DeLorean's not there all the time, but it's, it's an interesting time. Yeah. So, Google the Carolina Renaissance Festival. I mm-hmm. think it's carolinarenfestinfo.com. Mm-hmm. And we hope to cover some of the acts there perhaps, but
1: And remember, we are walking with the queen. That's what we, we do. Are. We are we we make her look pretty. Indeed. Yeah, we we a, pretty I'm sunny. I'm a coffee baron and Heather here is like the Renaissance Morticia. And we hope to cover that more in a little while. So you might be wondering, what's spooky about a Renaissance Festival?
0: On the surface, really nothing. (laughs) Though it does seem to attract a certain kind of person, both the patron and the participant. You know, the history buffs, the costume fanciers, Mm -hmm. the people who love fantasy and need an escape from daily life, which is kind of all of us. Or
1: the people who are dragged there by their loved ones who end up falling in love with it.
0: Which most of them do. I won't say all, but most do. So, I mean there's just a level of magic in this kind of performing. You know, there are artists, craftspeople, artisans, performers of all ilk find their way there, mm-hmm. and it's very accepting of people on a, you know, wide spectrum. Yeah. And people find kind of a a home there when they weren't expecting to. And I will say, you know, like goth culture, there are a lot of goths out there. Oh, absolutely. And as I I may have mentioned this before, my character is basically the fairy goth mother.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, I did. and I can't even really say why, except for it's like a giant movie set. Yeah, it really is. So, yes, our next many episodes are kind of runny related, and today is absolutely no exception. Today, we're talking with someone we've already recorded with for our Halloween episode, which can't will be coming wait up for soon. That. Yeah, but we also enjoy talking to him, and we're interviewing him for an entire episode. We're actually doing a two-parter. Yep. So we first learned about Mr. Brad Lee mm-hmm. as the lead singer for a group called Pirates Royale. At the CRF. Indeed. Yeah. And you can look for them on Spotify. It's P-Y-R-A-T-E-S.
1: And they also have a YouTube you should check out, too, because their music is just that amazing. They are. Yep, oh, by the way, Royale with an E on the end. Yeah, it's ro- a, a Royale with cheese. A pirate, <laughs> Pirates with a Y, Royale.
0: They're funny, they're witty, we may have to put a warning label on them because they're they're naughty. Oh Um, the harmonies are beautiful. It is so amazing. Their home fair is the Maryland Festival Mm -hmm. and but they travel to our festival for Pirates Christmas. Each year, which, by the way, and we'll mention this again, I hope, Pirates Christmas it's at November our festival... November 5th and 6th. November 5th and 6th. Yes. So if you want to come to hear them, yep. come for Pirates Festival. If you want to see Brad Lee, he's there every weekend. Yep. and he tells some amazing stories. Oh my gosh, yes. Brad <laughs> dips into the pirate life as well as the life of a working performer as at the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. And we've done Pirates before, and so, you know, that also fits into that alternative lifestyle he has a masterful presentation on the history of beer. Absolutely. I don't even like beer, but I've sat and listened to his lecture many a time. I mean,
1: even and hearing him talk, he just has one of those, those presences of the presence, the, the, the voice, the just everything about him just makes him such a great storyteller. He has a fabulous stage presence. He so. really does.
0: So please welcome to our microphone the dulcet tones of Captain Fletcher Moon, also known as Brad Lee. We're so glad that you're with us again. Our listeners will get to hear you when we debut our Halloween campfire yes, tale. Yes, the campfire tale. About I've had so
2: much fun. So happy to be back. Thanks but for we- having
0: me. Oh, yes. And we had so much fun recording you then, like well ahead of time. Oh, yeah. That we wanted to hear more of your story about being an artist and a musician and a history bounding performer,
1: which may not be spooky, but I think it's extra cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we deal with Southern, we deal with spooky. I still need to post some sort of recipe so we can cover the fried part. So, this is still
0: in the alternative
1: lifestyle. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, a lot of people seem to think sure. Ren
1: Fair is
2: Well,
0: alternative. <laughs>
2: My story starts up in Maryland, which is agreed by most uh, Southern scholars as the northernmost Southern state.
1: Actually, yeah, England. we were looking at a list of Southern states, and Maryland is one of them, surprisingly. Yep. It sure is. England, but obviously <laughs> I was
2: wrong. <laughs> well, a lot of people like to use the Mason-Dixon line mm-hmm. as the marker, and I grew up six miles south of the Mason-Dixon line.
1: Oh, Wow. Yeah, he's like, so that's how close there.
2: I was to the North.
1: And also, wow. keep in mind to our Canadian listeners, we're all Southern. Oh, absolutely. We're all
2: Southern. <laughs> we're all Southern. We're all I American.
0: Don't
1: we're just part. <laughs> Should we start with
0: like Renfair or just. Just go ahead and we, we have the list. So let's just hit the list. Well, I know we talked a little bit off the record last time. Mm-hmm. How did you get? into doing renaissance festival
2: okay uh so i turned 16 in 1978 and i i decided that i was going to go off and see things out of the normal uh being driven to by your parents range oh
0: yeah
2: and uh and part of that was 130 miles away was the maryland renaissance festival which in those days was at in Columbia in a place called the symphony woods. And it was a soft show. And that was back when you had such luminaries as the flying Karamazovs Penn and teller were there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Back when they were a Ren act and, uh, and it was a delightful thing. And, and the first time I went, I walked in and like so many others before me and during me, (laughs)
1: And An most often after you, yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: the experience was the same. You you have that kind of, oh, my God, I've never been anywhere that's quite like this. Can't put my finger on it because it's different in so many ways, but I'm where I want and need to be.
1: So instead of running away with the circus, you ran away with the Ren Faire.
2: I ran away with the Ren Faire. I yep. became a Renny, yep. uh, a platron. And I was that until 85? 85? It was the Reagan administration. Dude, I was six. (laughs) I get that a lot. Well. I wasn't even born for 15 more years. Well, good for you. Good for you.
0: Yeah, I sort of slightly know how you feel just because this year's crop of newbies all seem to be very young. And I'm just like, wow. Even the references I make of like, don't make modern anachronisms and... I try to give examples and they just kind of smirk at me, and I'm like, never mind.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've actually become quaint in some circles. I never <clears throat> wanted to become quaint because I'm not quaint. So, anyway, uh, I decided uh, that I enjoyed it enough that it was worth looking into working. And and my friend John Davis of Hack and Slash Fame and my other friend Lee Ulrich, the three of us went to auditions because we were medievalists and we we wore armor and we fought with swords and we were knuckleheads. And <laughs>
1: Nowadays they call it the SCA. <laughs>
2: It was called the SCA back then. We didn't have the word LARPing though. Oh, uh, okay. We we were doing lots of that role playing in live action, but we didn't call it we didn't call it that or cosplay. But we did a lot of that. And yeah, um, I, re-
1: I remember a time before cosplay too. So which is actually quite scary.
2: It's like when we suddenly had the word steampunk. Right. We suddenly knew the thing that we did that we always had to describe. You know, it, it always involves airships and and, and submarines and, 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 yes. Lots uh, of rivets.
1: Yeah, lots, <laughs> yeah. Of, lots of rivets.
2: Lots of rivets. Cog- lots of rivets. Goggles. Lots of goggles. Cog- goggles,
1: rivets, and cogs. There have to be those three things in Big your co- gloves. Face. Big
2: gloves with gauntlets on. Oh,
1: them. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: i'm trying to imagine you in armor doing combat and i and i know this was some decades before but you do such a different presentation now
2: well the the reason that happened was uh actually fate um because when i started me and my two cohorts were given one contract that was would normally be split among three people and there was a hundred dollar stipend there so the three of us each got $33.33. Thirty-three dollars, thirty-three and a third cents, and I still nice. have the third of a penny that we cut up symbolically. <laughs> oh,
1: that is I'm awesome! Still, that is awesome. I still
2: have my third of the penny. What do you so? Call that? Um,
1: I hate penny. <laughs> um,
2: I did that, and inevitably, I was drawn to a guy named Peter Benson, who is. Who was a troubadour, Michael Waters, who was a troubadour, Linda Bear, who was a troubadour. And the three of them were a triumvirate of just fantastic bar song, old English songs, uh, Irish songs, um, which was very different from the music that was normally to be found at Renfair. But it was thought that this would be good for the audience. And it was. So we hung out with these guys because we already knew a lot of the music and we loved it and we loved singing with them for fun. Two years went by and there was us who we were collectively known as the Barbarians and then there were the Beefeaters who were collectively known as the Bruces and we (laughs) got into hijinks in the streets because we were arch enemies and all that. And um, um, so it was asked of us by our director, John Struken if we were interested in doing a musical act. And we said, hell's yes. That sounds like fun. And he said, (laughs) well, you guys like pirates, right? And we said, yeah, we do. Why don't you make it a pirate band? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it started. Uh, He said, you guys should have a pirate band. So we formed a pirate band. We got, a contract for uh, a musical act. And we started doing our knucklehead rugby song, cause we all played rugby, oh. uh, our uh, rugby songs and the folk songs we knew. And, and if we weren't, good musically we made up for it cuz we were adorable likable knuckleheads who were just having a great time with each other cuz we were such good friends
0: enthusiasm
2: enthusiasm, <laughs> enthusiasm. Yep.
0: and so among enthusiasm- that crowd
2: were Was this actually um,
0: Pirates Perroyal or is this sort of like a
2: we baby became version of it instantly the pirate band and that's what ah. everyone knew us by the pirate band but we thought we needed an official name and so since everyone already called us the pirate band, we didn't because there really weren't any others around. It was a weird thing to see pirates at a Ren fair. In fact, we would be asked, what, why are you guys here? <laughs> I mean, we enjoyed the show, but what, what why are you guys here? You're <laughs> <Were they're... laughs> years too late yeah.
0: <laughs> Or early, I guess. I, I always right.
2: We always had a justification for, for being there. Uh, like, you know, because <laughs> <So> anyway, <Man. laughs> we we uh we went by a different name every year. We were the singing sea dogs, we were the salty sea dogs, we were the oh. we were several groups names that eventually were adopted by other bands, not because of us, but because of Kismet. You know? <laughs> One year we were Bunahabin, which is a kind of Scotch, okay? And Bunahabin is <laughs> Scots Gaelic for the purest of the malt now what this had to do with pirates i'll tell you on the label there was a scotsman behind a ship's wheel and there's a storm in the back Ooh. in the background and and uh, so we thought okay we'll be Buna hub in one year we weren't <laughs> in, it wasn't until 92 that that i kind of said yeah we need to Land on a name and it should have something to do with what we do. And uh, pirates, no, oh, with a Y be because I loyal. had, yeah,
0: <laughs> what are they? We don't know,
2: <laughs> pirates with a Y because I had just read George MacDonald Fraser's uh epic, The Pirates. What <laughs> an amazing book! I recommend it to you if you have never read it. George MacDonald Fraser, it, The it, Pirates, it, it, and that was his spelling. Um, and then Royale because it had it, it. reminded me of the movie Casino Royale. The funny one. <laughs> On here, I uh,
0: thought I was giving your characters uh, some gravitas.
2: It was like an in-your-face name, the Pirates Royale. Pada. And uh, <laughs> that's when we became known as the Pirates Royale. But prior to that, we were any number of names, just colloquially known as the Pirate Band. Uh, yeah, th- that's how we got started. He said, "Hey." You guys like singing songs about the sea and stuff. Why don't you be pirates?
0: Well, I have a sort of interjection question. Yeah. Given that you started doing this so early on, have you ever had what most responsible type people would call a, air quotes, real job that wasn't necessarily artistic, but you just had to pay the bills?
2: I started a fantastic job in 1990. Um, it was a union job and I worked in a union office and we administered union benefits for thousands of sprinkler fitters across the country, Interesting. the guys who install fire systems. And really? I worked there for 20 years and that yeah. job one kept me from going on the road full time because it gave me all kinds of great perks. And I had a family to feed and, and, uh, I needed the medical benefits. Uh,
0: Families can be so inconvenient, you
2: know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I decided to go that route, and we became a prolifically active part-time show. We, we did one weekend at a time at a lot of fairs, and we would do a lot of folk fairs and things. So we were very busy for a band that wasn't doing it full-time, and uh, that job... For me personally, really enabled me to do that because I, I got a, a lot of paid time off, and so four-day weekends were easy. Nice. And uh, yeah, it I I am so grateful for that job because it was wonderful. And I and currently I have a pension that I earned from that job, a union pension, an old-fashioned union. You will get this amount every month for the rest of your life boom nice. kind of uh pension and and that's really nice that's I mean, really nice
0: and now you so, just yeah to I an I artist? I, mm-hmm. I was saying and now you just get to live your life as an artist
2: I need the the performance income definitely to supplement my pension and I'm happy to go out and earn that cuz I, I I don't want to stop doing this
1: So I have a question Yeah out of everything that you do, and we know we work with you, we worked with you at the fair. You do a lot. Out of everything you have done at the fair, what is your favorite, or do you have one, or do you have one?
2: Jeez, <laughs> it's like it's like who is your favorite child?
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that.
2: Yeah, because the other ones will be shot. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> pick one, sir. Pick one. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the
2: hardest thing. Same with movies. Yeah. Same with books, but you always have the favorite cluster that is always in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. It's always there. And you have to give them like a bonus point because they're always there.
1: When someone and, asks me that question, I usually say I'm going to give you my top three or my top five because I can't just pick one.
2: Yeah, for yeah. me it's
0: like, it's whatever I'm doing right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically what I'm going to do is give you my top three in no particular order. Mm-hmm, uh, Uh, years ago. I haven't played this character in a very long time, but it's a character that I pulled out of my tool bag uh, for the first time at a thing called the Virginia Renaissance Festival, which is not at all affiliated with the current Virginia Renaissance Fair, nor was it affiliated with the previous Virginia Renaissance Fair. Um, uh, It's, it's, it was run by Norfolk Fest events and it was a one weekend deal and I played dim the village idiot. You had <laughs> so oh my God. The leeway you have playing a village idiot. Yep. Um, it's like playing the village drunk only it's even more so fun because as a drunk, you pretty much have to play the part of a drunk as an idiot. You get to be whatever you want. <laughs> Honestly, you you so so I loved that role. Um, only played it a handful of times, but man, always always a lot of fun. Uh, next would be the pirate I play in the Pirates Royale, and that would that would be Captain Fletcher Tiberius Moon. And that's a character oh. that developed over a very very long time, and I get to be a bastard because I'm not. <laughs> generally you speak with my honest friends they'll tell you that largely i'm not a bastard but i love to play a bastard i really really do Um,
1: i'm not an asshole but i play one on tv exactly
2: exactly (laughs) i do it professionally so it's okay
1: yeah all the
0: best movie villains are played by the sweetest people i mean my character affair is technically a villain and it's fun. What do you mean, fun. technically? A yeah.
1: villain, he runs the
2: villains' guild.
0: Yeah, but I'm nice. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. I'm nice about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> and my third, uh, third one, um, again, not in prominence, but just third on on the list, uh, is Fletcher Moon giving the talk on the culture of beer. Because that I've just really fallen in love with. Uh, I, I've developed a, a passion about it that some would say should be investigated by professionals.
1: But,
2: uh, <laughs> I mean enjoy with coffee. it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, those three characters.
1: That's awesome. How much of Brad is in Fletcher Moon?
2: Oh, I'd say tons, tons of me have bled in to the character. Oh. um if you were to go back twenty five years uh it would be a slightly different character um i would say if if anything changed uh the character got more guile the character got uh even more stupidly brave as far as <laughs> social system uh, uh uh social events go and and social mores um But, yeah, a lot of me is in this character. And And
1: I guess, needless to say, Master Moon is a lot in Brad as well.
2: Yep, yep. When you live with something for this long, the vast majority of my adult life, it does become part of you. And
1: Yeah,
2: I get um, that. I'm happy with where it's landed because he still takes the same platitudes. He's still seems to find uh, latitudes that that Brad won't necessarily go and it's very useful it's very useful as the character my sense of humor and the sense of propriety is also part of it so I can make f- funny jokes that won't that won't offend most people <laughs> yeah some people will always be offended comedy does that <laughs> yeah. so yeah so people will be offended yeah uh, that's just part of being funny.
1: Yeah, and that's the way I see it. It's like I, I I'm it, like I would open up every show with "I'm gonna offend somebody." Fair warning, <laughs> like you're about to be offended.
0: Just maybe not at fair.
1: No, you know, the producers yeah, would be yeah. annoyed.
0: Well, out of curiosity, as a group, um, you know, I've seen you perform when you come to the Queen's Musical. I've not seen you like a whole set of Pirates Royale, but. Um, they all address you as captain, they all seem to have characters. Do they have like a group backstory? And I do does each character have a fully developed person to it?
2: Yeah. Everybody I can ask this
0: more whenever we get to talk to everybody, but I was curious, like, what is their the group story here?
2: Everybody has a backstory. It was either it was either spurred on, suggested, or encouraged by someone else in the band, or it was it originated with that member. Uh, we talk about the backstory a lot when we're talking about the dynamics of the group and just playing around and being the characters. We Matt Salisbury plays Ensign Wesley Stubbs. He is my favorite sister's son. Ah. So so. Uh, In the beginning, we played on on the nepotism aspect of it, because he's very (laughs) dim and not very good at his job. Uh, And that was just like a starter framework. Now, it's evolved to be more now, you know, because we've all got nuance. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: But yeah, that's an example of it. That's just how it started. Uh, the whole mythos of the Pirates Royale has been recorded in writing on a lot of our album covers, a lot of our writings. Tim Shaw, who plays Calico Jack Rackham, released, uh, he wrote a book uh, with illustrations that we sell on our website. And oh, it's, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can find it through our Facebook page. We use that, that more than okay. the website because most People respond to it, but we have a swag page. But nice. the book tells a story, a story that happened in the chapter of the crew of, of the uh, Running Soar, uh, and that's us, the Pirates Royale. What what, the, was,
1: what was the name of that ship again?
2: The Running Soar. The woman. S-O-A-R. Yeah, that's if what they soaring. Sense. The Running Soar. That's... See, that, that's
1: I was thinking, as soon as you said that, I was thinking, like, airship. Yeah. Like, for some reason, airship popped into my head.
2: Right, right. Fletcher Moon is a character who, uh, we were born at a fair where where it turned out Fletcher Moon was going to school uh, at Oxfordshire with his buddy Henry. And his buddy Henry was going through seminary, and he was going to... Serve in the church. So I was probably going to do the same thing with my best buddy Hank. Mm-hmm. And um, his brother dies. So suddenly Henry has to be king. Oops. Oh. And we were frat brothers. So when he <laughs> sets up, I wasn't made a minister on his privy council, but what I was was the most set up. That was when the Pirates Royale Shipping and Salvage Company Limited was started. <laughs> The nice. first year of Henry's reign. So that's, um, we got stuff for him. That's <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I play an Elizabethan era,
0: okay, Fletcher.
2: So it makes sense that that would be the son of the Tudor yeah. era, Fletcher. When I play a Queen Anne era fair that's the great 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 grandson of the original fletcher moon so it's always a fletcher moon down through history so it's and just like when, a family
1: line you're playing the, ent- the entire male line yeah. the yep. are very strong they always <laughs> look like this
2: so that makes fletcher moon a timeless character who can appear and talk about beer at any era Event
1: well, yeah, because he whatever Fletcher Moon has learned it from the previous,
2: <laughs> right? Right, it's all passed down. So, through the miracle of imagination, basically the same thing happened to every member of the band. Amazing wow. how that worked, <laughs> you never find that. And but it, it worked out that way with us, and um, so we're kind of a timeless band where perhaps I've said too much. <laughs> So, yeah, we always adjust to whichever monarch. It's always by the monarch.
1: Don't don't yeah. let Lady Batista hear the timeless part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking more like the the Doctor Who of bands, but... Oh, yeah,
1: you're you know. right. <laughs> Except for they all look the same. That's They're okay. They're incarnations. Okay, here's a question. Do you consider yourself or... Like your existence, like an alternative. Oh or, yeah. Or do you figure yourself like mundane or what we would call muggle or normal? I would not call him muggle or. Oh normal. no, you're not. <laughs> no, no.
0: I would, and I would
2: thank you for that. Uh, I can consider what I do and what I appreciate and what my passions are led by as being all. Alternative, And I know this because of all the people I've seen who experience fair for the first time.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Those who have the response I had and what you guys had and a lot of our friends had. And that was a I must be here reaction. And then there are the others who either had the eh, this is cool, but mm, eh, or the ones I could never do this. I don't get this. I don't get this. And and so because of all the ones I've seen who generally conform to a lot of social norms, they're the ones who, who say, no, I'm not really into this. This is kind of dumb. or "I, I just don't get it. It's not my cup of tea. And that's fine. But I know that a lot of people do this who, who live in greater fringes, than I do, but they do it for the same reasons I do.
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah
2: this is alternative. Definitely oh, Yeah. Alternative.
1: Now, I was going to ask
0: you, do you have any advice for those people who don't quite understand the draw of Renfair, or do you bother trying to explain it to them?
2: If someone wants to know. I'm not an evangelical as far as technique goes. I I would feel pompous to assume anybody would just want to hear me expound on it but Fair enough when i am approached i do have answers that i will share and if you want to hear uh, the answers then then i'll share them and the first thing i tell them is that you need to learn about working in an ensemble dynamic i always ask if they were in high school band or choir yeah um because i was a band wally and i was in choir and that being part of something greater than yourself is the whole key you and you have to adopt that seriously and you have to get joy and glee out of that
1: absolutely and
2: um if they don't know how to do that i try and help them along and try and point things out so that maybe they get it elsewise working ren fair is really not where you sh- it should be if you if the spotlight is you know just has to be on you all the time it's not that kind of a show it really yeah. isn't
1: it really is uh, yeah, finite
2: uh, yeah. like you go to see a s- solo act yes for the for the duration of that set yes it's all about them but generally if you're going to meld in and blend in with the village and everything you got to be part of that village you've got to be part of that ensemble and you have to know how to take the football hold it for a bit and then toss it up oh, they're throwing it back catch it hold it for a bit but toss it don't hold on to it don't steal everything if everything is a punchline that has to terminate on you then you're not really giving as part of a, a uh, an ensemble yeah. you you have to be part because you'll get your uh you'll get your glory along with everyone else cuz that's how it works and that's what makes the whole thing that much more glorious. So, oh,
1: absolutely, yes. So that
2: more than anything else. Uh, I mean, I also take care of your voice, rehydrate, all the things that we all should know. But, I, but the
1: care and feeding of our of ourselves.
0: Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> Follow your your owner's manual. Now, but, yeah. I,
1: I I have a very weird question, and this is kind of this is kind of off book. Um, most of us as cast are not allowed to drink while mm-hmm. we're there. Except for water. Uh, except for what I'm talking and about coffee, alcoholic. You know. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at least at our fair. I don't know if that's universal. Or so. do you have, did they give you kind of special limitations on that
2: or? Oh, absolutely. I can't drink either. So oh, okay. the,
1: just the way I
2: <laughs> get around that is since I'm talking about beer, since I'm actually telling the audience I'm drinking beer, I don't want to lie to them because I'm r- really about the sincerity of what I'm presenting. Yeah. So, uh it took me a long time but I actually found a handful of alcohol-free brews oh. that are really tasty and they are they are ale, they are beer, they they just don't have an alcohol content. So I can be honest about what I'm talking about and what I'm showing them. But I I can also conform to the uh, rules of any given event. And I understand those rules. They are very important rules. So I get that. So I don't have a problem with that. There are some venues that, uh, that don't mind. So in those venues, I'll use real brew. If it's a brewery or a meadery or a cidery, I'll drink their product. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I get that.
2: But otherwise, I... I'll have my Heineken 0.0. 0
1: <laughs> which well, is I, a good like I said, I go to because
2: you, know, you can find it in most stores. Yeah. And but it no, doesn't I, taste like ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I'd sat down like whenever the queen's out there and, you know, we're near you and you're putting on a show, I'll sit down and I'll listen to you. And I'm wondering, it's like he plays sober really well if he's actually <laughs> drinking And <laughs> the heat and all
0: that.
2: I have a really good. Tolerance for for beer. Uh, yeah. always have. That that probably goes back to my starting drinking beer with any gusto or regularity when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh,
1: it was a different a time. Childhood. It was a different <laughs> time. Sounds like <take laughs> you and coffee. That
2: was part of it, but we me and my immediate friends still drank more than twelve year olds should oh, yeah.
1: drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> even even in the early 70s, <laughs> oh, wow.
1: I can't say anything, dude. I was drinking coffee at like 10. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: I started on coffee early, too. Uh, that was a big thing in the family coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started my granddad. Like, he would take me to this place in a little town called Pahokee, Florida. It was, oh, there's that sound. (laughs) Um, And when I mean little, I mean it was a little town. Like, they had one library and there were two sections, fishing and (laughs) non-fishing. I mean, it was small. (laughs) But we would go and he he would drink coffee and he'd leave me a little bit in the bottom of his cup before I would go to school. What I didn't know is after a little while, he used to order me a cup, but he would always order decaf for me. Probably why. Ah, okay. Yeah, and that's where I kind of developed the taste for coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I've gotten to the point where I can identify where the bean is from. Right on. Yeah. So it, it's, and that's how I started. And of course, at Fair, my character is a coffee baron. So, like, I mean, that's, that's, I, I guess I kind of sort of like you, my character is me.
2: I, one day I'll expand my culture of fermentation act to uh, a culture of libations. Mm. You know, because there are, you know, the fermentation process is what I focus on. Yeah. In the culture of beer. But I also dive into distilling sometimes if the audience uh, wants to go that route. But I also want to do a whole new section on coffee. Ooh, that would be Because awesome. coffee is a very important drink to Western culture. Coffee is an incredibly important drink and is one of those libations that came in because of certain socio-political things happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And... The coffee houses that were born of the early 1600s uh, were the places where real talks of personal liberty and oh, yeah, freedom yeah. and a
1: lot of a lot of democracy or coffee shops,
2: coffee shops. Yep.
1: Yeah,
2: it happened I mean, enough in public houses, but the coffee shops were where people really like to talk about politics
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that that became a thing.
1: Oh, yeah, that became absolutely. a thing
2: that we call the Age of Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And coffee had a lot to do with it. So, yeah, I love talking about things like that. And coffee yeah. is one of those things that has one of those really cool histories.
1: And I, um, I I don't know, with coffee, I've always found it very interesting how it started, like in the Baltic, how, how everything got started with the coffee trade and everything. Yeah. I've always found it interesting that somebody was, you know what, I want to put this bean out in the sun for a week, cook it, grind it up and drink it. <laughs> and yeah. actually, it started yeah. with it started with goats. As I understand, yeah, like a guy saw his goats eating this berry, and they would get really hyped up. And he's like, "Hmm." So I, I I've always found that interesting. It all started with just some guy going, "My goats are really hyper. What is going on
2: here?" <laughs> right, right. I'm curious. <laughs> well, it's like the, the first the first people who really f- figured out what cannabis did. Yeah, H- how did that come about? But it did. Yeah. <laughs> and it caught on. Exactly. Um,
0: I think people must have just tried everything and just you know, sort of take notes on, well, that killed somebody. Well, <laughs> there, there's a
2: right. reason
1: why on a dryer there's a sticker that says, do not use in bathtub. Well, oh, just yeah, saying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the trial and error that humankind has gone through so that we can have pleasant libations and inebriance.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, somewhat related. I see this on Tumblr occasionally, like the experience of what it must be like to have figured out which mushrooms were safe to eat and which ones killed you immediately. (laughs) What, what
1: what, What I'm curious about is, I Can you imagine the first guy to hear a parrot talk? (laughs) He was probably not okay for years after that. Right. (laughs) Out of
0: curiosity, when you're doing your culture of beer show, which, Mm -hmm. and I will confess, I do not like beer. I am not interested in beer, but the history of beer, I've sat through different sections of your show. I never get to sit through the whole thing. That's because we're
1: always on our feet. Yeah, I know.
0: But it's fascinating, and I love it. But I was just curious, how long is the
2: whole thing, or do you do it a little differently every time? I do it a little differently each time. I really. I have a uh, there's one presentation that involves the singing of a song called the barley mow. I and
0: yeah, in I the think barley mow,
2: I yep. identify the measures.
0: Oh yeah, which is and, fascinating too.
2: Well, that ties into through the story of the measures, I'm able to tie in the fact that scientific method came out of the brewing trades. Yep. That measuring specific gravity that came out of the brewing trades. A lot of marketing ploys that are used for all commodities now came out of the brewing trades and so many things came directly out of the brewing trades. And how did they have a step up on everything? Well, it was highly endorsed by the church. Yep. Huge. Uh, <laughs> if, if you were backed by the church your product is going to go places. And, <laughs> oh, yes. And so I cover, I'm able to cover all that in the guise of that song. So it'll be things about that. Or I'll do the the old Dun Cow. Oh, you know, yeah, which, that's a fun which, one.
1: That's a fun one. That, is a fun that one
2: could one. be a set that, that focuses on why we drink at the places we drink. How did they develop? Uh, or maybe I'm talking about commercial breweries, and I talk about the great... Beer Flood of 1814, because that them. is a story of the brewers and an impact that they make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard so it all depends on...
0: Like this. <laughs> yeah,
2: right? <laughs> For, um, it all depends on what path I'm going to go down. I always try and introduce a little bit of the big picture, and then I'll focus it down to uh, something more... Finite, But the big picture is this. We believe we've been actively fermenting in an effective fashion for at least 20,000 years. The oldest physical evidence we have goes back 13,000 years. And that was the remains of an industrially scaled brewery. Not, not a domicile operation, not a one potter, but a brewery. So that was 13,000 years ago. We've been doing this a long time. And... And because it has been so close to us, right by our side, literally, fermentation, it has affected, it's part of our cultural DNA. Oh, absolutely. There's no separating us from fermentation, nor separating fermentation from us. We've evolved as a species largely because of what we've done with that. So that's the big picture. And then I'll talk about what England did for world drinking, or the like. So... My, I almost went four solid hours at, at one event. Oh, wow. Whoa. It was a beer and food pairing night that mm-hmm. some friends of mine threw at their place, the Gaston Poor House, a lovely place for libations.
1: I so and want way,
2: to go there. She had made such a great evening of pairings with local brews that she just said, well, just start doing your beer thing. When we bring a course out, talk about the course. So I was just shifting gears, bebopping and bebopping around. In between, though, I kept going back to Culture of Beer, and I would find something else to talk and sing about, something else. Oh, well, or maybe. maybe I'd have someone ask a question. Hey, funny you should ask that. I've got a story about that, and maybe a song, too. I did this for almost four hours. Wow. Um, I could have kept going, but the event was over. <laughs> And that was the first time I realized, oh, I guess I can just do this as long as I want. I, I don't know what my record would be, but I'm pretty sure it's at least six hours. Okay, you uh,
1: definitely need like a TED Talk
2: on beer. I, I think want that to limits do you to
1: like five minutes.
2: <laughs> I want to do a beer talk. <laughs> yes. yes,
1: absolutely.
2: So yeah, they, it's it all depends on how a fair what they want out of me. Half hour sets, I make that work because that's what I get a lot of. Mm-hmm. But man, I so much prefer the forty five to hour set.
1: So, how many sets do you get per day? Like per fair day, how many do you usually do?
2: Three or four.
1: Oh, okay. So you're um, not like you're not always out there just talking. You actually get time in between.
2: Well, what I do at Carolina and what I do at a lot of places when I have the luxury of having uh, a stage that's either only used by me or largely used by me is. Unless there is another act scheduled for a slot, I won't do this. But if it's a time when, when there isn't anything on the stage happening, I'll sit either on the stage or in the audience, and people will just come up and start up a conversation. Who knows? That might lead to a set, and yeah. a lot of times yeah, it seriously. does. And uh, I I love doing it. So. Yeah. I don't mind at all doing that. That's that's exactly what happened this past weekend at the Upstate Fair. Uh, it's exactly what happened at the Battle of Charlotte the previous weekend. I did my posted sets, but in between I just sat there and I just did mini what sets or full sets. <laughs> yeah, you, you did what you do best. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's just it. I mean, not a bit of it is a drudge. Not a bit of it. I, I will exercise my right to do this when I feel like doing it because otherwise you get a reputation for throwing a lot of free entertainment for a. You know, it, it, it's, it's funny. You have to be careful about that yeah. because you have a brand. And you need to protect that brand, and you need to protect the pricing on your brand. So you don't make that part of a guaranteed thing, but it'll probably happen because I love doing this so much. I'll I'll do all of the uh, sets I'm called to do, and depending on how I f- feel that day, I might be out there, I might not be out there. I might want to... If it's a multiple weekend fair, I might want to go around and do some shopping or visiting. But a lot of my time is spent just sitting right there. That's just... one of
0: the few acts that I've ever heard of that includes bonus material. Right?
2: <laughs> and like I said, it's because I love talking and singing about this. And the more times I do this, the more I learn about my own craft. And these Well, past... you are
0: a consummate storyteller.
2: Well, thank you. I, I love hearing the sound of my own voice.
1: <laughs> you know, interesting. there is nothing wrong with that if you can pull it off. You, sir, pull it off. <laughs> I can think Very of a couple funny. of people <clears throat> who shall not be named who can't pull that off. <laughs> I, know, I know and sometimes we
0: have a few of those at fair where it's like oh no oh no
1: but, yeah, like when they come up to like when they come up to the uh to the queen's uh the musical the musical where they walk up and we all just kind of go oh however, however, I,
2: I am so afraid of being that guy you are so, not
1: you're you're not that guy well, I'm, i am Like (laughs) everybody on that stage looks forward to when you're coming up. And
0: as I've said, I will listen to 20 minutes of you, of you talking about beer, which is a thing I have never liked in my
1: life. And she still enjoys it.
2: (laughs) Well, see, that's just it. You enjoy it because of the story, because the story is full of such cool shit. It's, (laughs)
0: yeah, it really
2: is the story of fermentation and how we did that dance with fermentation and figured out how to, how to get sexy on it. Man, Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason why we are, we are living and surviving as a species today. Exactly. because of the relationship that we made with fermentation and that mm-hmm. that just excites the hell out of me
0: and in a few weeks sort of off topic but not really i can't wait for everyone to hear you talking about all the ghosty stuff because oh yes you tell ghost stories so beautifully we were listening and we're like you know any normal person could have told that story in about five minutes but it was <laughs> like 40 and i loved every second of it yeah so. <laughs>
1: It's like even going <laughs> through the editing process, like with the editing process, I find myself listening, but I'm listening for problems. But when I'm listening to you, I'm listening to the whole story. I'm like, shit, I need to back up and edit that. <laughs> you are rather <laughs> I've I've gotten that before.
2: I'm The authors I really enjoy are authors that tell vivid stories. Like I mentioned earlier, the book, uh, The Pirates, by george macdonald fraser yeah. george right. macdonald fraser is responsible for a a group of books called collectively the flashman papers and it's about harry flashman the highest decorated luckiest cowardly son of a bitch that ever lived Uh, (laughs) lived during the reign of victoria from her Ah. very beginnings and and he he made a career of just winning through good fortune very uh he took credit for a lot of things kind of because it was it was a very convenient thing to do he
1: very gildory lockhart
2: yes yes yeah and it's you love him, and you completely hate him because he is a bounder, he is he is a liar, he is a cheat, but there's something about him. And it's because of Fraser and, and the way he developed the character and the way he writes the books. theres He paints a vivid picture of things. And I think I like to do that myself i like to throw out and paint i like to create a sculpture if you will because that's what my that's what my bachelor's is in i'm a sculptor so this is about (laughs) the closest thing to sculpting as i do now i sculpt stories and (laughs) you do it
1: well sir you do it well thank you so i have a question well we have we have a question what is your hope for the future the future of you, the future of Master Moon. What what do you hope comes from this?
2: Well, I tell you, um, all of us in the band have talked about this very thing. We, we've been doing this for such a long time. We want to get in the next... Ten years, if we could get a recording contract and a touring contract of some kind, I think all of us will feel like we've gone where we wanted to go. That's Um, awesome. Because the work we're doing now... Is work that we're happier with than anything in the past, and um, and we just think that our product is exactly where it needs to be, and we're trying to figure out how to how to win at that game. So
0: Understood.
2: It is what it is. As far as Fletcher Moon goes, I hope Fletcher Moon is around for a long time because <laughs> I don't see any. St- slowing down now the more the passions involved in this act the culture of beer are really heartfelt ones that i'm very vested in and same thing there i would love it if uh if i'm seen by the right person i don't know um, yeah, right <laughs> i'm a fun character actor i'm i mean you know and of course i don't I, I i put as much weight in vesting feelings in this as I do the Powerball, which we play occasionally for fun. Oh, yeah. When you do that, you do the, well, if we win, we'll do this, dot, dot, dot. (laughs)
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Common
0: fantasy there.
2: Yeah. Being being financially successful with what I I do solely, solely based on – on on the performance will be great i i have a decent amount of success now but the more that i work the more success i'll have it's just finding the right venues and, and making it a good price point as far as uh being able to do it but yeah that's i just want to get better and better and if i can get more successful and successful that's great if i just get better and better and happier and happier then i've really met my primary goals
0: sounds amazing yep Thank you so much for spending time with us. We have always loved getting to talk to Fletcher Moon. Absolutely. It and was my Bradley.
2: pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure. It's so fun.
0: we cannot wait to see you out there in the lanes and listen to you on stage. Mm-hmm. And
2: Yeah, right, around the, always- yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. right exactly. around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Right around the corner. We go make the fun. Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we're going to close it up. And yep. we'll be talking to the Pirates Royale next week, we mm-hmm. think. But for now, we're just going to close it up and say bye,
2: Bye, y'all. Bye, (laughs) y'all.